Hey, Night Owls. Welcome to Is Not Past Your Bedtime. I'm Krista. And I'm Rachel. And this episode, we are doing memoirs. Memoirs. I love that you just like lead right into it. I'd like yeah. to have been gone for a month. No, we haven't. It's only been like three weeks, I think, this time. Oh, I guess you're right. The next one will be longer. It's one a month. Yeah. <laughs> this is our only episode for July. We're taking a little break while life is crazy. Although I'm very excited. I have a list of currently my Goodreads says I'm reading six books and I'd like to finish four of them. None of them are related to the August episode. So that's fine. It'll be great. Uh, So that's my goal. In between, I'll let you all know next episode if I made it or not. But yeah, so I'm just going to jump right in because I got a lot to talk about in mine. And I won't have a whole lot of time here just because Zoom cuts us off at 40 minutes, not for any other like weird reason. It's not you guys, it's us. Yeah. So um, I actually struggled for a little bit trying to figure out which memoir I wanted to do because I'm very, very indecisive. And I was like, do I do like, a true crime one i've been really into like airplane emergencies lately i've watched like two or three different documentaries about them and like movies not morbid. based on them also send me the documentaries yeah i mean most of people live like that's what it's about is like the pilots like saving them and stuff but yes i will send them to you um then i was watching something on hbo and i got an uh, ad for the show called the janes and i was like after the ad i was like well that's clearly based on real life what is it found the book well Okay, I don't think the show is based specifically on this book because there are a couple other things that are sort of related, but it's mostly based on this one. So I did The Story of Jane, The Legendary Underground Feminist Abortion Service by Laura Kaplan. I almost did this one. Oh my God. Oh, really? So, yeah. Ooh. Yeah. So I st- actually started it like five days before Roe v. Wade was overturned. So like I started it being like, oh, I'm going to learn a thing about the, pe- this is going to be great. And then I went, oh, oh shit this got heavy now and it definitely got a little bit harder at times to be like I gotta read the book I don't want to read the book but either way but now you're on like now it's topical mm-hmm. yeah so I mean everyone should buy this book if you have like you know you should care about the world going on right now and you should buy this one and read this one I looked it up right before we started recording and she wrote this book in 1995 which does make sense because wow. um what happened in this is the four years before Roe v. Wade. So 68 to 72 okay. is um, the years that the book happened. And then she wrote a new uh, preface, 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 whatever, in 2019 is when she rewrote that. Um, so like kind of like. I love when they update those. Like mm-hmm. It was just like, hey, I, I, here's like yeah. more things going on. Uh, I will say the preface did kind of like talk about things that happened later in the story. And so it got repetitive at times. Actually, a lot of the book is repetitive because like sometimes it'll be kind of like telling this one part of a story or like a person's story of it. Mm -hmm. And then like the next then like you but it's something that's going to happen in 71 or now we're back in 69. So like now we're back and you're just like, oh, my gosh, I already heard this. So either way, what they did, basically. So Laura Kaplan, that is her real name. I Googled it. That is her real name. Every other person in this book, she gives a pseudonym for because this is basically it's a collective memoir. So she interviewed as many people as that were still living who were members of Jane, uh, doctors that worked with Jane, um, women they were able to find who had abortions, who were like so anybody who was willing to speak. And some people were OK with having their real name be listed and some people were not OK. And so just to make it like a blanket for everybody, everybody has a pseudonym except her because she wrote the book and she like gives talks and stuff. So it would be kind of hard to not. And maybe when it first, yeah. came, when it first came out in 95, 
I don't, she may have had a pen name. I don't know. Mm, but okay. like, it's 2022. Like we know who she is now. You can't be like, hi, come like give a talk at this college, but don't tell us your real name. Like that's not really how it works. Um, so actually how it all started is um, there was just like, it doesn't matter. I'm just going to pick names because it really doesn't matter because like I said, they were all made up anyways. The woman I believe who like kind of started it was like named Claire or something like that. Um, and I can't remember if she needed an abortion or she knew somebody who did, but she, the way she's like fairly radicalized, she's like really into like um, women's liberations, women, right. All these things. And she's like realizing that there is like this problem here that is going on. And it's that, you know, women don't have any sort of like control or say on their bodies. And so, and like, even like, I think yeah, it was either she needed an abortion or a friend did. Um, but like, you have to like basically go around to like all these doctors and like, try to ask like, do they know somebody who is what's going on but you have to do it shady right like because it's illegal you could go to jail you could do all these things um right so they, you imagine like asking the wrong person a question mm-hmm. like yeah and that's like what they say like they're real like all of this like anytime they'd have to like go talk to like a new doctor or something like that it would be like oh like how like if somebody wanted to do this what would they do da, 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 da. Um, how would they potentially in theory hypothetically do that yeah, thing exactly and like at one point they're saying like you know like police officers there's their wives and mistresses and fiancés like or girlfriends or whatever like they're getting abortions so they know what's happening so they just have to figure it out so they start this group called the abortion counseling service of women's liberation this is in chicago and it's 1968 um and really it just starts out as them just wanting to like help so they just want to help educate like oh you know you're gonna call because you need one like well where can we send them like finding some doctors that they know will do it even though it's illegal um and then also really educating women because like in this time like there was like nobody no women knew about their own bodies no women knew like anything and so there was a book that a local college had come out with called like it's like the women's body handbook or something like that but it was the first book ever that had like anatomically correct drawings of female body it talked about sex it talked about how um you know how babies are born and birth control oh my god and like menstruation and like all of these things like from basically like puberty up to like death it like talked about like everything and it was like revolutionary um it happened because there was like this group um of women at this college were like if you vote us in we promise we will put this in like everybody's hands and they did and it was like two cents or something i think actually it was free at the time uh and later they ended up paying because they had the group the abortion group bought it like a stupid amount of them and i think they paid like two or three cents of print for a little handout so like they would also like talk to these women because like a lot of them are like either like young women who have no idea how pregnancy works or how they got they're like oh i couldn't have gotten pregnant that's not how that works and they're like "Mm, sorry honey it is a Uh, miracle (laughs) crazy or just like i mean plenty of like older women who like have multiple kids and stuff like that and so that's how it starts and then they're realizing that like you know they're sending these women off to these doctors and they have no control after that like okay good that woman didn't die she wasn't mangled so i guess we'll like recommend him again i don't know um at some point down the road they decide like because like these women are calling them um and it's it starts out and uh, it's not super clear like well it's clear in the book but i just don't remember how they are like getting members and growing and stuff it kind of changes over the years i don't remember how it first started but the phone number was just like this woman's house like she had like gone to a meeting 
or met with these other gals that ran it decided she wanted to do this like comes home and tells her husband like hey by the way i'm gonna work and i'm gonna help women get abortions and he was like why wouldn't you ask me and she goes huh i didn't even think about asking you well i'm gonna do it and he was like oh my gosh like but like i'm the man of the house and you should have asked and she's like oh and then, and then he's like but you could go to jail like like has to like try to like change tactics like that's why though it's not that i'm upset yeah and she's like huh like because she's like telling us this right and she's like i didn't even like think about the fact that like i could have gone to jail but whatever i'm gonna do it anyway and so it's like her home number that people are calling and so they're like starting to like have to like call people back um and they're like okay what do we like when we call people back who do we say is calling right Right. like if they don't if you don't get if she's not home or whoever and so they decide on jane because jane is just like an every gal's name like jane doe Yep, it's, exactly. It's Jane Doe. It's Jane. They have like another one, GI Jane. It's like they're like, yep, yeah, she's just a she's a everybody's gal. So that's what they picked. So it was Jane. Uh, and so they started putting up like flyers or like ads or whatever that'd be like, need an abortion? Call Jane. Here's the phone number. Uh, Love it. They had to get like they got a calling service at one point because like voicemails are not a thing in like oh, right. the late 60s like that's not a thing i so forget got, that that doesn't exist always yeah hmm. right and so there was like a calling service but even that they were like they didn't love it because it was like okay what if like somebody accidentally says the wrong thing or gives too much information and these people realize what's going on and they like report it like what the heck um and so they have to they're like doing that for a while they have to bring the i think membership sits around like 20 to 30 women because like some people are okay with it um and then like you know the more that they're doing like people get busy people just change like everyone's kind of figuring out what they're doing um but this whole time that they're like recommending these abortions to people to women like these doctors i mean abortionists they like i was saying all they know is that um these women are coming back not dead not mangled so they have to keep doing it but they want more control so they're like trying to find a doctor who's like hey like let us be there like let us figure things out they're like no like no man is okay because of course they're all man doctors no man is okay with this so what Jane does, like how it works is you call Jane, um, I guess kind of more towards like the later end when they're like really up and going. Once so they you, figured it out. Yeah. So you call Jane, um, you leave a message. They do actually get like a voice machine, voice message or whatever. Um, and there's a callback Jane. And so callback Jane calls you back, gets your information, assigns you a counselor, and then a counselor meets with you. Usually they meet in person. You like go to the counselor's house or in a park or whatever. And the counselor one is making sure you actually want an abortion. Like they're saying like there's times where like, you know, it's the teenage girl is there and the parent and you can tell like the parent really wants it, but like she doesn't. And so like they have to try to like get yeah. the teenage gal away because like their whole thing is that they're like the only person right it is to make this decision is the person who's going Ew. to have this baby. Yeah. And so like one of them is like a 13 year old girl or something like that. That's and horrifying. she's and she's like no like i want to have it but like my mom well my mom said like she's raised up like she raised her baby she's not going to raise my baby like my boyfriend we're gonna like go like we're gonna finish school and do this thing so she's like okay like if you're gonna finish school like good but like what are you gonna do like how are you gonna like what's your plan to finish school um so like the girl ends up deciding to get an abortion she's like you're right like she's like my mom's right like i can't raise this baby i'm still child um and then but that's like the last that the counselors really here for like they know that she didn't die but like that's all they really hear until i guess like a couple weeks later call back and turns out the boyfriend was just using her to get with her best friend and so she's like thank you so much for helping me get an abortion because like she would have been stuck to that loser 
So like, I feel like though, that that's probably something that a lot of like 13 to 15 year old girls probably run into where they're like, mm-hmm. I don't know what I want. Like my mom wants me to do one thing, mm-hmm. but like, I feel like I should do this other thing. But also I think it's hard to have perspective exactly when you're 13 about like what that mm-hmm. looks like down the road. Like, wow, yeah. what a struggle. Yeah. And there was like another one who I think she was like 16 and her parents wanted her, but she very much wanted the baby. And the counselor person was like, we're not doing this today. Like, no, like she like she clearly doesn't want it and you're just have, gonna have to get over it like whatever she says no she says no um, like that's all yeah. there is so that's like the counselor's job was one like kind of release the set like figure out if they do and if it seemed like the woman was like uncertain they go okay mm-hmm. we're gonna wait like i'll call back in like a week or whatever like a couple of days whatever it is depending how close she is to um, right like there's weeks. like a window yeah yeah like some of them it's like hey we can wait a little bit um a lot of women like were like nope that's what I want so they did that but then they also educated them on their bodies they gave them that handbook and there, there was another handbook that got I can't remember the original name but it ended up getting renamed um our bodies ourselves and it was like at the time that yeah, I was gonna say it's still a very popular book I haven't but it's still apparently a very popular book it's still oh. in print it's at the time it was five cents and so yeah they would hand that out because it was like the most um like it went way past the other handbook. I'll have and to look it up, honestly, because I'm pretty sure they made it into like a kid friendly version, basically. And I think it's a book that my mom gave me when I was like nine, 10. Mm-hmm. Like basically it's like, here's how your body basically works. It, it may be like a dumbed down version of it. I'll have to check. I'm did. curious. Yeah. yeah, I wouldn't be surprised. Yeah. They just yeah it was like it, my like... body, myself. That's mm-hmm. what it was called. Yeah. And so, um, but yeah, so they're like, teaching them on these things and like love that and then at the same time they're like well we can also kind of take advantage she's like hey like if you have to go through all this illegal shit to try to get an abortion you should be angry and here's these other things that you should also be angry about so like kind of like trying to get so like that's how sometimes they get members as somebody who had an abortion friends had an abortion um and so they had that and then they ended up working with this one doctor um they thought he was a doctor this is not a spoiler this literally says it like in the description of the book um and also in the preface preface so like i am not giving anything away here also this is real life so you could google this yourself it's hard um, to spoil a memoir yeah um basically this doctor that they were working with they were like going through like the middleman nick and then they find out that like no nick is the doctor and then come to find out nick is not actually a doctor um but he has like that he his um, the feedback they're getting is that he has like he's basically doing like the best abortions they're like quick mm. um he like can help the women relax like he's like you know interacting with them talking with low them, mortality like, rate <laughs> yeah yeah exactly like very low complication rate um and like he also realized you know like when i'm talking to these women and if i can keep them calm that like there's it's easier yeah. and it goes faster because their body's not constricted he like makes them have their like they have to have like blindfolds on because it's very much like you know trying to conceal his identity and everything like that oh yeah but he's the one that um these women like slowly like he one of them she finally convinces him like let me attend let me attend an abortion um and then she starts helping and assisting and then he teaches her how to do it because like early on in like one of the early meetings they were like i mean if a man can do it why can't we do them like that doesn't make any sense uh mm-hmm. and then a whole bunch of people are like oh my gosh no this is a medical procedure but like as like medical procedures go it's like super simple like it's not actually like that much it's not that hard really um and like because what they wanted is they wanted control like one it's our bodies we should have control over this um crazy and then but also they were like like we're telling these women like oh yeah here you go pay your 300 dollars. and also his prices were high like it was like 600 dollars 
um and so they like try to finagle like hey do this and like every so often give us a free one or a reduced one because like a lot of women couldn't pay six hundred dollars i'm pretty sure even now they're like six hundred to fifteen hundred dollars like they're not it's not cheap oh wow damn like yeah that's what i've heard i've never i mean i've never had been in that situation or i I don't know if there's like a pricing chart but like like, from what i've heard it's not still yeah yeah probably not no um but yeah so it was like that or so then when in the early days they started was like um they would like try to get donations or like if a woman could pay more um they would take it so that way they could like have like Mm. a savings and they would like cover it for somebody but like it was expected that you pay it back like this is a loan this isn't a gift like you were going to pay us in the installments until your money is paid off Um, any women who like could afford it and could afford the time off they would be like oh go out of country go to mexico go wherever get it there it's legal um in like 69 70 i can't remember exactly um something like that uh new york legalized it and so they were like hey like can you go to new york and there's also like um this priesthood they weren't priests though it was clergy group um that were pro-abortion and so they with their doctors it was 300 dollars total for your flights to new york your abortion and your flight home wow but you had to be able to take like two three days off to fly Right, yeah, had a, or even like maybe a day or two. I can't remember exactly. That alone is a luxury for some people. Yeah, like, and so that's what they were saying. So like that's what they would try to do and be like, okay, well, can you do this? No, you can't. Okay, fine, come here. Um, and so that's why they wanted like more and more control because then they were like, well, if we can do the abortions, you know, we can charge it. Like nobody ever will be turned away, no matter what. Yeah. Um, but they had to start making like it was like the front and the place. So you were told to go to the front and then a driver would take like five women at a time and drive them to the place. Cause like the police Secretive, were trying yeah. to like figure it out what was going on. Um, every oh time they God. called somebody back, they were like, I mean, like I have, like, I have to like assume positive intent and that this isn't actually like a cop and there's like wires and stuff going on. Um, some women did go to jail. Like some people got caught. They went to jail. Um, I can't wait to do this all over again. It's going to be so fun. Seriously. So fun. Um, But oh yeah, the book was so good. Like, honestly, it's one of those ones that everybody needs to read. Like it is emotional. It is repetitive. So I'm only giving it four stars because it gets so repetitive at times that you almost want to stop. Like you've already told me this information, please mm -hmm. just skip it or whatever. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, where I'm like, we already talked about this in this exact scenario, like three, like this already happened. Move along. (laughs) I get it. I know what's going on. Let's keep going. Um, Because it would be like every time like a new person was like introduced, you know, we'd get like their background and how and like oh, and then and this time, and I'm like, okay, I get it. Move along. Um, Got it. Yeah. So like you learn like a whole bunch about like I don't know. It's just. It was, and it was, other than that, I mean, even that part, it's really, really well written, very well researched. Um, Like, and you start, I don't know, it's, because like, even like some of like the husbands would be like, you know, like, because some of the husbands were super on board. They're like, fucks, yeah, fuck this shit. We got to do a thing. But some of them would start out like kind of skeptical, like, I don't know, like whatever she's doing it, but I don't like it. Um, And then, yeah, and just like slowly how this like main character like julia like gets nick the doc the doctor who's not a doctor um to slowly do more and more and more and like teach her and then like at one point they realize like you know after the raid people get arrested and they're like oh my gosh there's not a single person who knows how to do abortions right now because they all just got arrested like what do we do right. so they, they were like it forced them into because they realized they had this hierarchy that they didn't like in like quote unquote the man's world they didn't say it that way but like that's basically what it was just- um of the patriarchy is like 
because all the knowledge is at the top and they real and they realized that they were doing that, that they were like falling into these traps is that they would like seek out the women who they thought they could be trusted or who they thought showed promise. Mm-hmm. And then after the raid, they were like, nope, every single person needs to learn everything. And it was like, like some people only wanted to be counselors and they're like, I don't want to do anything else. Like, I don't want to do that. And it was like, okay, that's fine. But then like, because some people like when there was only like the two or three abortion gals, gals who could do them, they also called them themselves paramedics which I liked um love it but like one of the gals she was like oh since I do this I don't have to cancel anymore but like everyone had to cancel and so it was like okay no exceptions like, ma'am yeah no like just because you like have this skill doesn't make you better than but they were definitely getting some like sneeches stars upon ours that the raid like stopped so yeah. anyways I feel like I've rambled like it's there's a know. lot going on though in this book I yeah. it yeah. also spans like four years but definitely like everyone should read it. It's on Audible. I looked. I did not listen to the narrator. I don't know if it's narrated by the author or not. Um, but that's a good option. There's HBO show, which is a TV show, not a documentary. So it's like a fictionalization of what really happened. It's kind of one, which I'm gonna watch. I'm gonna watch it too. Probably gonna watch yeah. it tonight. Yeah. So it's called The Janes. And this book was The Story of Jane. Highly recommend. Nine out of ten. Wow. Four out of five. Yeah. That's a good one. Nine out of ten, four out of five. That translation is exact. Um, <laughs> yes, perfect. Don't don't ask follow up questions. I will not be taking any questions at this time. Wow, that was a good one. I'm bummed I didn't do it, but I love that I got to hear all about it. And now I'm going to watch the HBO show for sure. Mm-hmm. And then also uh, you can still read the book too. I mean, yeah, books. obviously yeah. I can. I've got all this free time now. Um, <laughs> I'll get, I'll get the audiobook. I did that thing where I splurged mm. for like three credits on Audible because I yep. wanted to get one book, but it was cheaper to just like cheaper to just get all the ones. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I'm not sure I can really top that. Mine's <laughs> not like that, but there is abortion in it. Okay, let's talk about it. See, it, it talks in. about it being illegal, but it talks about it. <laughs> um, so the book that I picked was called "Behind Closed Doors: A Daughter's Story" by Daniela De Christopher. Uh, I honestly wasn't even really sure how to start looking for a memoir, and I didn't want to just like pick one because I knew the author or something. I went mm-hmm. more for like reading the back and thinking, like, is this relevant to me? Do I think that's interesting? So this story is basically um, Daniela, main character, the daughter, uh, her mom dies. Um, They don't get into details or anything. I honestly, I finished the book and I don't know how the mom dies, Um, but her mom, her mom dies and she feels like she doesn't know her. So she seeks out her mom's sister to tell her basically her life story. But before she existed, she's like, I want to know, like, what was that like? Because her mom is an Italian immigrant. So she and her family came here from Italy. They have a huge family, which is pretty standard. I'm pretty sure they're Catholic as well. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I want to say that they said that they have like eight kids. It could be more. Just, I don't know. Oof. It's a big family. Yeah. So basically how the story goes, because I don't want to give you all the details because there's not like a <gasps> moment or anything. Mm-hmm. But because Daniela's mother has passed away and she wants to know about her, she gets secondhand information from her aunt that throughout the story, she kind of pieces together with the things that she knows about her life. What I think is really interesting about this book is that like, you don't know anything about Daniela's life. Like, it's not like, here's my life experience, but I wanted to know my mom's. You hear basically all of it chronologically, other than like, she sought out information about her mother's life. Mm-hmm. Um so I was like, how, it makes it kind of complicated to like tell you stuff. I'm just going to go chronologically. It's going to be the easiest way for me. So basically after she reaches out to her aunt, her aunt tells her the story of 
her conception and then her mom's life when she was a small child, because that's pretty much the ant's extent of the knowledge. Because after that, you know, as a human being, you can see things, but you don't always know everything that's going on with your parents. Like, unless they tell you, like, you don't really know. All Daniela really knows is that like, she had like a pretty tumultuous relationship with her mom. She abandoned her a lot at like just random houses for years. She went through a lot of situations Hmm. where like people almost adopted her, but then her mom fought them on it. Even though she hadn't seen her in like two years, she hadn't sent money for her, like nothing. Like it's kind of baffling how uninvolved she was in her child's life, but then like actively fought for her when there were opportunities for her to have a stable environment. Mm -hmm. Um, which is probably why Daniela sought out more information. She's like, I want to know, like, why was it like this? Because after her mom dies, she does find out some details about her life that makes her question things. Like, kind of like when you grow up, you just, like, you get a bit bit of a different lens on, like, the way your parents raised you and, like, why they did what they did. And, like, mm-hmm. she's just looking for that why. So what her aunt tells her, um, and kind of explains a lot, I feel like right off the bat, as far as like why Daniela's life was so up and down. Cause she said that she basically just wanted to understand like why her life was so different than all the other children she's encountered. She's like, why is it like that? Like, why was my life so drastically different from everyone else's? So because her mom was from a large immigrant Italian Catholic family, pretty sure Catholic. I mean, I'm sorry if I'm wrong. It was, they were religious. Um, abortion is not legal. Mm-hmm. Where it comes up, uh, the mom was the youngest of the siblings, or at least of the sisters. I'm pretty sure of all the siblings, though. And she would be, like, sneaking out at night. And, like, her family knew that, like, she had this guy she was into, but they were hoping that that wasn't what she was doing. But, of course, she finds herself pregnant mm-hmm. at 16. Uh, yeah, no. The guy that she had been with, um, they weren't, like, officially dating, but I guess he was, like, the worst of his family members and like no one liked him like the whole family like the reason that she would like sneak out at night to go see him was because like no one wanted her to see him so mm-hmm. obviously that's a whole situation her she doesn't like want to tell her parents who the person is that like impregnated her i get it i would be afraid i'd be yeah. a little afraid um but she does eventually tell them i don't think she's like super pregnant when she tells them uh she's like four or five months maybe no she's like three or four Okay. So she finally tells them and her parents go and like have a conversation with this young man's parents and they decide they're getting married. Neither of them wanted to be married. Neither of them were interested in being married. He was not a very nice human being. Um, so that whole thing very quickly got really ugly. But basically, as soon as they got married, her dad, so Daniela's grandfather, kicked the mom out of the house. He was like, you're married now. You have a husband. You go and live with him. You're not part of this family. You've completely disgraced us. Like, doesn't want anything to do with her. I was like, even though you married her off, like, yeah. well, that's why married. And so he, but he doesn't like, like feel, it. so he could like feel good or like not yeah. feel good. But he's like, well, I don't have to now. You know, what he I mean? feels like he's absolved of his obligation yes. here. He's yeah. like, I married you off to the man that impregnated you, and that was the extent yeah. of my You're responsibility. Welcome. Goodbye. Yeah. So she goes, and I mean screaming crying awful mess she's about five six months pregnant at this point because they get married when she's about five months pregnant so she goes and she lives with his family his parents are super nice and i guess all of his siblings are really great too and so like she feels pretty welcome but her marriage is terrible like i mean they're 16 i think Mm -hmm. he might be a little bit older than her but they're they're still in high school um so he spends a lot of time like going out and drinking and clearly coming home smelling like perfume and booze and smoke and all sorts of shit or whatever and she knows that they haven't had sex since they've been married and so she's just kind of like waiting for that 
two to drop because he's gotten more and more violent towards her. Like the way he treats her, like her, his parents call him out for it and will like kick him out of the house for the night because like the way he treats her and speaks to her trigger warning, marital rape. I mean, you see it coming a mile away. Like it's not surprising, but just FYI, that is definitely there. It's not graphic or anything, but it's still horrible. Mm -hmm. Um, so basically like what happens is, uh, he's into like some stuff with his friends. I don't really remember the exact circumstances, but he essentially ends up getting arrested. So he's arrested for something. And Daniela's mom, whose name I'm not going to remember, uh, basically sees that as an opportunity to leave. Mm -hmm. So she files for divorce. Uh, at this point, Daniela has already been born though. And as soon as she gives him the divorce papers, he basically is like, I'll kill you if you take my child. Like, calling her a slut and all the words in the book because men are terrible sometimes and not very kind Mm -hmm. and like it's just it's very aggressive um he gets out of jail and he finds out where she's been staying she's been staying with like a family friend but like no one was supposed to tell him where they were like that was the whole thing it's like she knew he wasn't going to divorce her she knew he wasn't gonna sign the papers she knew he wasn't gonna let her leave anywhere so they were kind of hiding out because she doesn't have any money she's a young Mm -hmm. teenage parent like she doesn't she doesn't work she's just got a child to deal with um he finds out where they're staying and i'm pretty sure he beats the crap out of her uh i can't remember exactly the circumstances you'll have to read the book to find out because a lot goes on in these um but basically the gist is that like they have an altercation she finds a way to get the heck out of dodge Mm -hmm. so that's good so they finally leave but this kind of start like kicks off daniela's life of like moving from place to place to place so her mom she kind of describes her as like wanting to just like do her own thing all the time. Like there's a new guy every week, you know, Mm. she very much is living that. Like I am a young 20 year old wanting to just like do my own thing, but she has a child. So this is where Daniela ends up going from foster home to foster home. She literally ends up in two houses where they were like, we will adopt you right now. I just like, I just, I can't like, that's the part that blows my mind the most, honestly, about this whole thing. It's like, you can be a terrible parent and still want the best for your child. Like you Mm -hmm. can just recognize that you're terrible for them. Right. Yeah. So after the second attempted adoption, the mom does clean her act up. Um, cause between the first and second, basically her mom has like this female friend that she just like drives around with, like, that's just this, they're completely transient and so she just like randomly drops Daniela off here or there and then sometimes she tells her like we're going to be together forever like I just can't imagine as a child having this kind of up and down like I'm like she doesn't even talk about like going to school or anything really and I'm just like how did you mm-hmm. probably did. How, yeah. how, how did you um so when uh after the second adoption attempt her mom gets married to a guy that Daniela calls dad and she ends up really loving him they have like a beautiful house but one day they suddenly have to move again <laughs> And she knows they're going to leave her. Um, there's like kind of a gap here. I feel like time wise, because I, I don't think at this point she's that old. She's like maybe early teenagers. And I don't know exactly what happened between here and here other than like people die. Life happens. She's still being bounced around. Um, she starts getting into some stuff and essentially becomes homeless because like she can't really keep down a job. She doesn't understand how stability even works. She doesn't mm. know how to make that occur for herself. Yeah. Um, it's uh I feel like her mom, like her mom's story just kind of like drops off. So I'm going to assume that she dies somewhere in there, or maybe she just like Daniela decides like, no, thank you. I will say that the biggest thing I had with like the writing of the story is that there were parts where I was just like, wait, what just happened? Like, why are we on to the next part? So oh. maybe it's like parts, like chapters where they're just like, this is the next thing. Mm-hmm. Um, but basically uh, as an adult, 
Daniela has a really hard time, wants to figure things out, wants to meet her dad. That goes really poorly because he's a terrible human being. He like invites her into the house. I guess, yeah, saw that coming, I guess. Yeah, to like meet her, his family. And like, so she meets her siblings and they all get along really great. She spends the whole weekend there and she's like, oh my God, this is great. Like, I'm going to have like this wonderful family. And then like the second he goes to like drop her off at the airport, he basically writes her a $4,000 check and says, never come back here. I never wanted anything to do with you in the first place. Wow. Like you're a slut like your mom. Like, I just like, I can't even imagine Jeez. being that horrible of a human. Like he clearly has had no growth in 20 something years. Mm-hmm. Like yeah. really? But his family seems very happy and adjusted. So I'm like, is he not like that at home? Do they hide it well for short mm-hmm. periods of time? Like I just have a lot of questions, honestly. Um, so that goes really poorly, but the check that he writes her is bad. And so she deposits that check because she's basically homeless. She's couch surfing. She deposits that check so she can pay off some stuff. And so that she can like finally get ahead because she was like, screw it. I'll keep the check. He, he owes me something, you know, Mm -hmm. in this life writes her a bad check. And because he wrote her a bad check, she wrote bad checks. And so she gets arrested for writing a bunch of bad checks. And so like, she has to go to court and explain that, like, I didn't know that wasn't going to clear. Like I wasn't intentionally trying to defraud anybody. So like, this poor girl, her entire life is just like an absolute shit show because her parents were terrible. Yeah. But because she's getting older and she's hearing more about her mom's history, she has that empathy for her where she's just like, wow, she didn't really stand a chance. Mm-hmm. Like, so you find out a lot about the mom that you kind of get the discovery like along the way, like I said, because it's very linear. So like you kind of see those moments where like Danielle is like, wow, I can understand why she did this because of this or like this thing that someone made, said to me one time that like my mom denied or didn't fit with my narrative of what my life should be like or looks like makes sense now. So it's mostly just like a progression of her like kind of understanding and accepting like her mom's role in her life and then like the cards that her mom was dealt. Mm-hmm. So overall, I felt, uh, I felt like it was a really interesting story. Like you can kind of see how, like, if you only know like one slice of the pie, you don't get to see all these other parts that impacted that person's life that brought them to that moment. Like mm-hmm. you don't know why your parent is that way until you hear about what happened before you existed. Cause people often forget their parents were people before them, Yep. you know, <laughs> um, I'm going to give it like, a. Hmm, I give it like a three and a half just because there were parts where I just felt like there was no linearness. I'm like, I was multitasking to be fair, listening to an audiobook, So maybe I missed something and it was like a quick little sentence that like bridged that gap, mm-hmm. but it could just be that they do it in sections, like chapter, like chunks. Yeah. Yeah. It's like um, I just missed, just missed a little bit. But. but overall, I felt like the story was really good and I liked the way it kind of highlighted like that growth in Daniela. And then you can kind of see the progression of her mom. And like at the end, after you hear everything about the mom, I felt like she tried the best she could with the tools she had. <laughs> like yeah. she did what she could do. <laughs> yeah. She tried her best given the It just spells. maybe wasn't what Daniela actually needed. And then like, yeah. you can see those points where she definitely made some serious missteps, but overall it was, it was a decent read. Like it was okay. interesting, you know, a lot, lot of stuff going on there. You got the teen pregnancy, you got immigrant families, got like her mom talked about, you know, if she could have had an abortion, her life would have been very different. Mm-hmm. Like, so yeah, it felt topical just because I did read this after the Roe v. Wade thing. And I was like, yeah, gee, it's like her life would have been very different if she didn't have to marry a very abusive 16-year-old. Yeah. Or even like, weird. Uh, even she like had a, had a lid walk, wed walk, yeah. and her parents had like been more okay and loving about that. Like even that, or like right. if her parents, even if it was like, oh, There's you're going to marry this piece of shit, uh, but we're still going to be in your life. We're not going to kick you out. Like, 
Yeah. So there are a lot of places where so people many. let her mom down. They could have been there for her. So mm-hmm. like you feel, you feel bad for everybody in the book. Like sure. Her mom made some terrible decisions and that you would, you should not do that if you have a child, but it's also understandable that she didn't know any different. Yeah, Cause also she was a child. So basically Child herself. Yeah. Wow. I mean, good. Honestly, I thought that was heavy ones. (laughs) I thought you were going to do a true crime. So I'm glad that we both didn't like we both did like different. It was nice. It's nice little mix up. Yeah. 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 That's good. Um, So I feel like this now officially kicks off our little break. So we'll be back in a month. Mm -hmm. Um, Don't miss us too much. But if you do, we are on Instagram. It's not past your bedtime. Twitter. IIPYB underscore pod and TikTok. Also, it's not past your bedtime. You can yes. also check out our website, isn't it past your bedtime.com to see what's in the archive and what's coming up next. Yeah. So hope you all, you know, joy, listen. If you come up with anything while we're gone that we just have to read, uh, let us know. But I mean, also be posting all the other books that we're reading on Instagram and our stories and whatnot. So hope that you all have a good little break and we're excited to talk to you again in like four weeks. So that's nothing. Bye, Go everyone. Soon. Bye. Bye.